Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Just Jesus has to do with this nation we live in, and really any nation where Christianity is there a decade or more, uh, we begin to add things to Jesus and subtract things from Jesus, and then Jesus ends up not being Jesus at all. So we thought, let's do a series, and let's talk about some things we've added to our Christianity that we really need to take out, and some things we subtracted from our Christianity that we really need to add back in. And today we're going to talk about something that we have subtracted, that we definitely, definitely want to put back in. And I know many of you have it in your lives right now, but so many Christians don't, and we want to make sure we add this back in. And I want to begin with a story. It has to do with my first missions trip ever. It was in the, the late 80s. First time I ever left the country and went on a missions trip, I went with a mentor, and we went to Germany, Austria, and to uh, Hungary, and Germany and Austria were awesome. We preached in some churches there, but Hungary blew my mind. It was just the most amazing experience I ever had. We were in Budapest, and at that time, it was under Soviet control, and uh, it was impoverished. The KGB was uh, in all the church services to make sure they didn't say anything against the government. That pastor had been in jail several times, and here we are at their church, and it was the most amazing experience ever because it was just an old, unattractive building, needed painted, no chairs, people sat on the floor, kids sat with their parents, and it, it was just nothing like we would have here. But they were the happiest people I have ever, ever witnessed in my life. And I remember going to a couple of their homes, and uh, they wouldn't have furniture, and they'd sit on the floor in their living rooms, hardly had any food, hardly had a kitchen. But they were the happiest people I ever, ever ran into. And so we're at the service, and my mentor uh, is going to preach first. But before that, they do over an hour of worship. And then he gets up, and he goes over an hour. And then the worship leader stands back up, and they do another half hour of worship. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing, you know? But then the pastor comes back up to my mentor, and he says, we want another sermon. And he looks at me and he says, go get him, Joe. And so uh, I get up there. I go about an hour. And then it blew my mind. The worship leader stands back up. They go another half hour. And then you think, it's got to be over. But then he comes back to my mentor and says, we want another sermon. And so he, he sends up another pastor and he preaches another hour. And now I'm bored out of my mind and I'm looking at my watch and I want to get to a restaurant. I, I, I just, this service needs to end. But then they worship another half hour, and I'm thinking, oh, no, we can't do another message. But at that time, it was done. It was about six hours worth of service. Amazing. Parents would get up every now and then to take their kids to the restroom. But other than that, they sat there so engaged and smiley and happy. And every time they worshiped, they worshiped. And I just I sat there bored out of my mind. But something else happened. You know what else happened? I was jealous. And all I could think is they have something that I don't have, and I don't understand it. And at that time, I loved God with all my heart, but I did not understand what they had. And it made me begin to seek God and say, what is it that these people have that I don't have in my Christianity? And that's back when God began to show me 
what I had subtracted from my Christianity. And it has nothing to do with me loving God. I love God, but God was a task and God was something to get done and church was a task and something to get done. And I saw something in them that I'd never seen. So here's my big idea for this lesson. And this is what I want you guys to walk out. I want you to walk out understanding this more clearly than you've ever understood it. Some of you are already doing it, so I'm excited for you. I want to help take you to the next level. But it's, it's pretty cool. It goes like this. We get to have a relationship with God. That's, that's my big idea. We get to. We don't have to. Uh, it's not a job. Uh, we don't have to get up and Get up and read your Bibles. We don't have to get up and do some prayer. We get to, and it changes everything. And that's what these people in Budapest understood, that up to that point I had not understood like they did. To me, it was just this is something we got to get done, something we've got to do. And I really think in, in Western countries like the United States where there's wealth, I really think uh, we have so many distractions and we just think, how can God be more exciting than these wonderful distractions that we have? Because we have so many, right? And there was a man in the Bible. He was very, very wealthy. We call him the rich young ruler. He came up to Jesus, and he, he asked Jesus, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And, and, and Jesus asked him some questions, and he'd say, I did, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And then I think the response Jesus gave him was amazing. Here it is. It's in Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, anytime we give to God through a local church, a ministry, the poor, we always have treasure that's laid up in heaven. But that's not what this is about. It has nothing to do with giving. This is about following Jesus. And in Bible days, in Bible days, uh, there were no banks he could go park his money. He had to sell it and go on. He had to either give it to someone, sell it, give it to the poor. So Jesus is trying to help him have treasure in heaven. But in order to walk with Jesus, Jesus is literally on the earth. He, he has to let go of everything. But look at what Jesus is offering him. Think about it. Jesus is offering him to hang out with the creator of the universe 24-7. And like, this is the most amazing offer. But he's like so many of us, we, we just think that might be boring, right? Take a look at his response, Mark 10, 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Translated, Jesus, you can't be anywhere near as fun as all the things I get to do in a day. And I think that's what distracts us as Americans. We don't realize how incredibly awesome it is to have a relationship with Jesus. And we just want to talk about that today. Jesus minus relationship. And we want to bring that relationship back in to our Christianity because it changes Everything, And I want to just share two stats with you. These are amazing stats. Here's the first one. There are 300,000 items in the average American home, 300,000. And I know many of those items are spoons, forks, knives, uh, cooking utensils, uh, towels, and, and sheets, and all that. But think about what we do have in our homes, especially now in this time. Just think about our entertainment setup, right? I mean, it's amazing. Whether you have Apple TV, DirecTV, Spectrum, it doesn't matter. Think about what we have and what we can put our time into. And those things are fun. And, and Jesus isn't asking us to just throw it all away and sell everything and go into a monastery. 
He's saying, that's all great, but don't forget, you can have a relationship with me. You get to have a relationship with me. And I just think sometimes we just simply don't realize how fun a relationship with him is. And I want to help you walk out of here never forgetting we get to have a relationship with God, right? Here's one more stat. This is amazing. British research found that the average 10-year-old owns 238 toys but plays with just 12 daily. And America would be very similar, if not worse. 238 toys, the average 10-year-old, and and they only play with 12. Uh, Not this Christmas, but the Christmas before. Gina and I had a budget for each grandchild, and we're sitting there while they're opening their gifts, and we just looked at each other and said, we've got to change. I mean, we whispered, we've got to change. They're opening all these gifts, and then they have gifts from their aunts and their uncles, and then their, their grandparents on the other side, great-grandparents on the other side, their mom and dad, and we're like, what are we teaching these kids about things? And so we're bombarded with things from day one, and there's nothing wrong with them. But in order to have a relationship with Jesus, we just have to understand Jesus is way more fun than all these things. And so we don't throw them out, but we say, I, I, I have to have this relationship. I get to have this relationship with Jesus. So I want to talk to you about what changed in my life once I was in Budapest, what God began to show me and, and help all of us have that relationship that is so powerful. It's so awesome. And I want to talk about this, the secret recipe of relationship. There's a secret recipe. And uh, years ago, I fell in love with this dish from a certain restaurant. I can't tell you the name of the restaurant. I can't tell you the name of the dish or I'd have to kill you. And so I, I can't tell you, but I can tell you this. It was so good. It was so awesome that I wanted it a couple times a week, but I couldn't afford it. So I would, I would go and uh, get it maybe twice a month. And I just love this dish. So I thought, I can't buy it as much as I want. I'm going to duplicate it because I love to, to cook, man. I love to be in the kitchen, very comfortable there. So I keep trying to make my dish exactly like that dish, and I can't get close. I even asked my mom, mom, tell me how you you do this, and she showed me, and it wasn't it wasn't what I what I had at that restaurant. I asked my mother-in-law, an excellent cook, she showed me. I couldn't duplicate it, so I just gave up, and I thought, you know what? Twice a month, I'm going to eat this dish. But one day, I'm greeting in the lobby. This guy comes up. He introduces himself and tells me his name, and I say, hey, it's great to meet you. And then he said this. He said, I see you. I see you a couple times a month in, in such and such restaurant. I said, do you work there? He said, I'm a chef. I'm like, let's get coffee. And I want you to know if I've ever asked you for coffee, there is not an ulterior motive at all. And we had coffee, and I said, hey, hey, you, you have to tell me, how do you make this dish? I want to know how to make it. What's, what's your secret ingredients? And he looked at me and said, I can't tell you. I, I cannot tell you what the recipe is. So I said this. I said, I'll tell you what. What if I tell you my recipe and you just give me some suggestions? He bought it. I told him my recipe. He gave me some suggestions. I went home. I did it. And it was just like the restaurant. I found out what to do and how to do it. And it was the secret recipe. And again, I can't tell you even what that restaurant is. But there's a secret recipe to having a relationship with God. I can tell you that. The Apostle Paul, uh, God called him to go to all these countries all over the world. And Peter stayed in Jerusalem. He was the apostle over the area of Jerusalem in those churches. Paul traveled. And Paul had some tough times. There were times when he just slept on the grass underneath trees. 
He had some tough times. There are times they threw him in prison for preaching the gospel. There are other times where someone would accept Christ in a city, and they, they were very wealthy. They had a mansion, and he'd stay there for six months and preach and get to live in that home. He, he, he experienced great extremes, but mostly he was at the bottom. And he said this. I love what he said. Philippians is all about having this relationship with God. Philippians 4.11, he said, I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. That word content means, man, you're like the people in Budapest. You're smiling. You're happy. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. And listen to verse 12. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. He knew a secret, and he knew the recipe, and he's going to teach it to us. And the book of Philippians is amazing for that. And I just want to show you what this recipe is. There's three ingredients, and if you and I understand this, we get to have a relationship with God. It will be like never before, uh, this relationship. And here's the first thing. Here's the first ingredient. We need to decide to have a relationship with God. Before I went to Budapest, God was a, a chore or God was a job. And I love Jesus. I was madly in love with him. But everything was, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And I didn't realize I could literally have this vibrant, live relationship with the creator of the universe. And of course, we do that when we read our Bibles, but everything was a task. We do that when we pray. We do that when we worship. But everything was like, this is what I have to do to make God happy. And then I just, God began to just open up my eyes and I realized I get to. And when you realize you get to, things change. Here's another verse in Philippians. This is now chapter three. This is above what we just read. Philippians 3, 8, and it says this, nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have given up everything else and counted all garbage. All I want is Christ. I love that. It's, it's amazing. This is Paul. He met Christ. He grew up in religion. And, and now as a Christian, look at what he's saying. Get a hold of this. He's saying everything else on planet Earth I consider garbage compared to hanging out with Jesus. Is he saying it's bad? No. Is he saying we can't have it? No. Is he saying we have to sell everything and go live in a monastery? No. He's just saying, I am so excited about being able to hang out with Jesus that it's what I want to do above everything else. And you know what happened? He tasted it. He tastes, once you taste it, you got, you've got to have more. You just have to have more of it. It's like the box of chocolates we had in our house at Christmas time. And I made the mistake of opening it early and tasting it. It was a one-pound box, but within a couple days, it was disappeared. And then I just, I just threw the box out, hoping Gina never noticed that I ate every single candy in there. You just tasted one. It's like, I, I got to eat. I got to have a couple. And then the next day, I'm going to have a couple. You, you taste a relationship with God, and it's absolutely amazing. That's the first ingredient. Remember, we get to have a relationship with God. Here's the second. You ready? Ask God to help you have a relationship with him. This is really important. I think we all know God's invisible, right? So it's, it's tough. Some people have the toughest time. I remember our church was about 10 years old. This would be about 1993, 94. 
my mom came to me, and I had just taught a lesson about, you know, worship, and she came to me, and she said, Joe, I, I don't know, I don't understand. How do, you, how do you have a relationship with a God you can't see? And my mom was a deep thinker, and she says, this doesn't make any sense. And uh, she said, these people in church, I watch them, their eyes are closed, their hands are up. She goes, what are they doing? I mean, God's not there. And I said, Mom, Mom, God is so real, and we can have a relationship with him, but he's invisible. And I tried to explain it to her. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then I began to pray for her. There's a Bible prayer that we're taught to pray for people. It's the most amazing prayer. And if you're here, you can pray this for yourself. But I want to tell you this up front. If, if you consider believers your church, Boardman, Warren, guys, I want to tell you up front, I'm praying this prayer for you a couple times a week, and I'm crying out to God to do this in your life. And that's why so many of you come up to us in the lobbies and Boardman in here. You say, since I've been coming here, my life's just, my life and my walk with God is amazing. And, and that's why we, we're praying the prayer that's allowing God to help you have a relationship with him. Here's the prayer. It's Ephesians 1.16. I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and I'd give thanks. Now, there's two things. We're only going to read the first thing. He says in Ephesians 1.17, but I do more than thank. I ask Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Now, many of us know this prayer from, you know, our early days as a Christian. Uh, we memorized it in the King James or the, the New International Bible. And we know that it goes like this. I'm praying that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know Christ. And I love the way the Message Bible does it because it talks about making you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. It's all about an intimate relationship with God, and it's absolutely the most amazing prayer. And only God can open up our hearts and our eyes so we can have a relationship with the living God. And it's the most amazing thing when he begins to do that. And so I began to pray for my mom, and it was amazing to watch over the next couple of years, to just watch her grow into having this really incredible relationship with God. She became such a woman of prayer and such a woman of God, but it was a result of God just opening up her eyes. And he's going to do it for all of us, and he's done it for many of you, but he can do it more and more. And I keep praying this for myself. God, I just want, I want to know you more intimately than I do. I want you to become more real than you are because you are invisible, and I'm not, and I can't see you, but I, I want to know you, Lord God. And here's, here's the third ingredient. You ready? We need to enjoy a relationship with God. That just means... Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Once you taste it, that's all you're going to want. Let me tell you a story to help you understand this. When my children were young, um, I used to come to work early, about 6 a.m., so I could get home at 5 or 6 because I wanted to hang out with them, and Gina wasn't working at the time. And uh, uh, so our baby, Deanna, she was about a year old, and she'd like to be in the living room just crawling around, you know, and, and standing up on, on couches. Michelle was three years old. And Michelle just always wanted to cuddle with me. No matter what, she wanted to cuddle. And then uh, Dave was five, and, and Joe was seven, and they just wanted to wrestle and fight with me. So we'd have dinner, and then Gina would say, 
say, I'm going to clean the dishes, go hang out with the kids. And then I'd always tell her, go upstairs, just take a couple hours. I'm going to, and I just couldn't wait to get in the living room with the kids. And one of my favorite times, I mean, this, this is the moment that's, I'll, I'll never forget as long as I live, was the ages I just described. So Deanna would be crawling and looking and watching us, but she wanted to be independent. Michelle would get in my arm, and I'd hold her with the left arm. She'd put her head on my shoulder, and she would cuddle. She just would lay down, and then Dave would come charging at me, and I'd have to fight him with my right arm. Then I'd get him in a hold. Then Joe come to loosen him. Then Joe would come up at me from behind, and I'd flip him over. And Michelle the whole time, just, just enjoy, just relaxing. It's moments I'll never forget. And I just couldn't wait to hang out in those moments. And that's what this next ingredient is. Just coming to a place where you say, you know what, I'm going to just go get some of God. And once you, once you learn, it's just you have to have it. You just have to spend time with them like I wanted to spend time with my kids when they were that age. It's the most amazing thing. So listen to this. Listen to this. Um, Gina and I are officially empty nesters. <laughs> It's the most awesome thing ever. And not that we didn't love our kids. We loved them, and they were great kids. But it's amazing to have a house that's empty. And I don't want to make some of you that have young kids jealous, you know. But it's the most amazing thing. And, and I used to have to go in the basement and because uh, uh, somebody would always be coming in and out of the kitchen. And, and I would do my time with God down there, and you know, and, and uh, it was good. But now no one's there. I wake up. I go into our great room. It has a, a gas fireplace. I turn it on now in the winter, you know. And I just sit down in there, and there's glass windows, and I can see outside. Uh, with the snow, you can actually see out there at that time. And it's like 6 o'clock or so. And I just sit there, and I pray, and I talk to God, and I play some worship music. And it's just the most amazing thing ever. And when I wake up in the morning, I can't wait to go down and read my Bible, hang out with God a little bit. You know why? Because we get to have a relationship with God. And I love what Jesus said. He's talking about prayer. And he said this. Uh, it's Matthew 6, 6. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. So you won't be tempted to role play before God. And all he's saying is if you're in public, you're going to act one way, but when you're all by yourself. And he's not saying uh, don't go to corporate meetings. He's just saying, hey, you need to have a time just with, with me. And he said this, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. I like that. And you will begin to sense his grace. It's the most amazing thing once you taste it. And I'm trying to make you a little bit jealous. You know, the Bible says uh, concerning Jesus, uh, when he was on the earth, it, it, usually it was morning, but sometimes it was at night. But it says it, it was his habit. He would go to a secluded place, and that can be wherever it is for you. And he would just spend some time with God. Why? Because we get to have a relationship with God. And that's my heart's prayer as we uh, talk about just Jesus today and we talk about uh, how we've minused the relationship. And let's bring that back in because to me, that's what makes Christianity so incredibly awesome is we get to have a relationship with God. And it's not just about you and I trying just to do everything we can to please God. That comes naturally, but you get to have a relationship with God. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads, Borman, Warren. Let's pray, man. Um, 
all of us Christians, we have our heads bowed. We're praying. It's, and I know God spoke to hearts. For some of you, he's, he just showed you, hey, you're on the right track, and you can't wait till tomorrow to get with God. And, uh, uh, but here's what's cool. We all know we, that works the whole day. We walk through our day. We talk to him. We read our Bibles, whatever it is. It's amazing. But with heads bowed, eyes closed, there's some of you. God has just given you a Budapest moment. And you're like, whoa, I want that. And that's what God's wanting to give you. And it's the most amazing thing. You don't do it because you have to. You don't do it as a chore. You don't do it to cross another thing off your list. You get to have a relationship with God. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm telling you, you're never going to be the same. And you get to have a relationship with God the rest of today and tomorrow. And if it's awkward for you, because I know for some of you it's going to be awkward because God's invisible, we're going to be praying that prayer for you. You begin to pray that prayer. Say, God, open up my eyes uh, so that I can have an intimate relationship with you. Help me see how to have that relationship with an invisible God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, your life's never going to be the same. But maybe you walked in here and you're not sure of your forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell. Maybe you came in not believing if there's a heaven or hell. Listen up. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church, uh, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. You can do all that and never know Jesus personally. I mean, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't matter how you came in. Here's what I want to ask. How would you like to go out? Jesus said, if you call on my name, I'll save you. Jesus said, you can't work your way to heaven, but if you believe in me, I'll give you the gift of eternal life, which allows us to go up and not down. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, I'm ready today to make it personal with Jesus. Boardman, Warren, would you pray with me right now? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I need a Savior. And this day I look to Jesus Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I make a decision today to accept you as my Savior and to follow you. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.